You're listening to the Oiled Up Podcast, and I'm your host, Armando Caba. And today we're going to talk about art school. Because I had a conversation with someone who was asking me if it's if it's even important to go. And it got me, I, I guess, like back in my memories about it and started thinking about, you know, what I actually did learn in art school, despite being a dropout. Because I, I am a dropout when it comes to the academy. But I do have two diplomas when it comes to CJEP and uni. So those are the two I'm going to talk about today. And uh, before we start, I'm just really happy. I got my coffee. I got my caffeine rush. I'm ready to roll. I'm drinking out of my butt cup. We're ready to record this goddamn podcast. So, art school. Is it worth it? Uh, Short answer, I would say so. But then at the end of the day... You know, it costs money, you know, do you want to invest in all this? And it it truly, you know, I'm going to be speaking about it from a time where, like, social media wasn't too involved in it. But also, like, seeing, like, all the art school memes and shit being posted on TikTok. It, it's like every everything has changed, but everything stays the same at the same exact time. So, CJEP, which was before uni, I think this is something that is so exclusive to Quebec. Basically, after you're done high school, there is this program you go into that uh, it, it was two years. And it's basically a a step before uni where you you can test out whatever your major is without having too much of like a penalty. Because like tuition back in the day was like, I would say, honestly, I think I was paying like 300 per trimester to be there. That's not including, you know materials and all that but still very very cheap so if ever i was there and i said you know what painting is not my shit i can go into another program still keep the credits and like kind of move around before i did like the big jump to what was going to be my major in university so cjep art school going there they do lie to you at first saying like oh you know for the portfolio application we want 20 images blah 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 blah, blah. and we're going to do a little bit of a um a still life moment with all the applicants where you come in and you draw and they're always like it's not a test it doesn't mean anything be relaxed do a still life you know and they set up you know a bunch of random horse shit in the middle of the room and yeah you draw you draw for about like i would say like 20 minutes like they don't give you long like you're not there to make a masterpiece and they say, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, just a little warm-up thing. And then, you know, next thing you know, when you go into a room to talk with uh, one of the teachers, your drawings are there. And they ask you to explain your drawings. They're looking at your drawings. So clearly, they're, they're, they're trying to find an understanding of, um, you know, how you are perceiving your own drawing and what you want to work on, where you think you're strong in. I almost got switched into illustration, because I think I went on a rant about, like, metal albums, because I was like, oh, dude, it'd be, like, so sick to, like, draw album covers, maybe with, like, skulls and fucking, like, flames and stuff like that, you know? Like, I wanted to, like, hone in my skills, like, really close, but that's also, that was on me, and just me being, like, 18 at the time, you know, still had my hair long, wearing exclusively band shirts, I get it. I mean, I don't blame him for trying to make that call, but I did get into fine arts. And fine arts at CJEP was really interesting because they made us do everything. I remember having to do fucking literally everything. Like, it was not just, like, drawing. You had to do painting. There was print class, and in print class, you had to do silkscreen, copper plate, linoleum print. You had sculpture. 
So it went from working with wood to working with plaster to even working in the metal shop to then working with things that were found objects. Like, even when it came to video art and, you know, photography and all that, they made us do everything in the first year. And we had to learn all the skills and the history with it because we all had to take art history together. And then the second year was kind of like figuring out how to express yourself with all those skills that we just learned. But I do remember the first, my first class was wild because I, this was the first time also coming out of a private boys school. So being in a program that was majority women, I was scared as shit. I did not know how this space worked. So I just really kept to myself. And I remember the first class at 9 a.m. It was a Wednesday and the teacher came in and the first thing out of his fucking mouth was none of you have seen your actual face. None of you. No one has. No one on the planet knows what they actually look like. The only thing you could possibly imagine that you've seen on your face is if you close one eye and like you look at the side of your nose, like that's it. That's all you know. That's all anyone knows. And this class was really hard to describe because we, we kicked off with that. Uh, I started kind of just like staring at my hands and just like started, just kept staring at the sides of my nose, trying to like focus it. But uh, that's how things started. And for me, you know, going from like a more, I guess, rigid school or like a more predictable school going into this, I I had no idea what the fuck was going to happen. But I ended up, you know, learning how to use Photoshop, Illustrator and all that in that class for for whatever reason. But um, yeah, that was my first class. And then drawing happened. And, you know, I really want to take this time in this episode to maybe talk about like the funnier stories i don't want it to be like emotionally loaded but i remember my first drawing class and we had a teacher and this was one of my teachers that i've come to uh well not only like respect but have incredible admiration for because he kicked my fucking ass but we'll get into that um the first day class (laughs) he said uh yeah we're gonna do a drawing assignment i want you guys to go this week and draw something but not using conventional drawing tools and I was a little bit lost because I was like okay so that means not using a pencil and then he said yeah use something that is not conventional to drawing and by the way it is completely prohibited to use semen and menstrual fluid to which there was an audible aw from the rest of the students in the class we're about like 30 so this was like my first it's my first 24 hours in the program And the whole thing about using bodily fluids and shit like that, it comes back. There's another story in uni, but like, I don't know, man. When you go into fine arts, you get like, (laughs) you get kind of numb to it. Because also, you know, there's so many artists that have done it, you know, using menstrual fluid, using blood, using semen to do drawings or make a point, uh, you know, exploring certain themes and this and that. Like, there is a shock to it. And I guess you kind of got to get it out of your system. So, but he wasn't having any of that shit. I remember his name was Joe. He was just like, we're not going to do any of that. So back to how I got my ass handed to me over and over again. So he, he was the best way to describe this man. Imagine you crossed Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and he came out of the Renaissance. Like, honestly, like one of the most talented draftsmen I've ever seen. And like the honor I had to have him as a teacher like, knew his shit, and knew how to push people, and he pushed the fuck out of me, 
And I didn't realize that what that's what he was doing. I was just getting super frustrated because I came from, you know, high school being like the only artist there. So everyone was like, oh, my God, Armando, you paint. Oh, the artiste. <laughs> to now being like, you don't know shit about fuck, little boy. And I'm going to teach you a thing about everything. So the first critique, we had to do a contour drawing. And I remember we all like, it's kind of intimidating because you come in, you know, we still all didn't really know each other at this time. So everyone goes and you put all your drawings that you did for homework on the wall. And then we all sit there facing this wall. We had the teacher. So we had Joe and we all, you know, you go one by one and you kind of talk a little bit about it. And then he would break it down. The assignment. Yeah. It was just line drawing. So just doing lines, no shading, just fucking lines, draw anything you want. Uh, specifically, specifically from life. Uh, and we kind of go one by one. So everyone would be kind of a little bit put on the spot. Students can go and give their comments saying, oh, I really enjoy this. Or like, this part bugs me. And then you kind of had people's personality. You start seeing people's personalities come up. And my drawing came up next. And uh, I think I did a nightstand or a desk or something. And I remember Joe looking at it being like, okay. You know, I could see like, you have a decent understanding of graphite. But, um, you know, these contours here, they're a little weak, you know, they're kind of weak. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, it doesn't feel sound like you're going to need to have good contours if you want to get to do shading. Like, I expect more now. Next week, you better nail these fucking contours. And it pissed me the fuck off because I think I wasn't I wasn't ready for it. I didn't have an outburst. I didn't yell at him. I didn't have hate. But I was just like, OK, fucker. OK, you want contours? I'm going to give you some fucking contours so we had the next assignment we were allowed to shade a little bit so i went and i think i spent like six hours doing this drawing and this was like one of like the seven classes that i had and i did that drawing and i came back put it on the wall you know tacked it up sat there arms crossed had like my motorhead t-shirt on i was like all right what the fuck is he gonna say now like i'm ready and he would go up to it you know, look at it up and down properly and go, huh, you know, like your contours are good. Like, I, I got to say your contours are really good. But uh, I can't say the same about your shading, though. Like, what is this? Like, what's going on here? Like, this is not like correctly matching that like he'd break it down. And once again, I got fucking pissed again, just sitting there being like, oh, you think I don't know how to do fucking shading? I'm going to show you how to do. And this was our relationship. I think the mo like. The entire time I was in his class for the first year, it was just like he it was shading. I'd go back, spend about like six, seven hours on the drawing, and then I'd come back, put it, and he'd acknowledge it. He was nice in that where he would say like, hey, it's like you understand volume and shape and how to render, but your composition is a little, uh, uh, and it was the same thing. Just get, he would just send me out completely fucking aggravated, and I would just keep coming back, and that's how I kept improving. And I remember the last class we had together because he was always harsh with me. He, he was friendly and nice, but like he was stern with me. And I remember just constantly being in this fucking game with him of doing this. And the last class, I remember like shitting myself because we were going to get our final notes. And he was calling everyone up and like he's sweet with everyone else. Being like, hey, you know, here's your note. Like, here you go. You can take it back to your seat. And then with me, he would always just call me up. Like, super fucking direct. Always just first name, just Armando. And, like, I'd get up, I'd go meet him, and he had, like, the most fucking straight goddamn face and have a piece of paper folded in his hand. And, you know, that's kind of, like, the universal language of, like, you done fucked up in your class. 
having that like folded piece of paper being handed to you. And I took that piece of paper. I said, thank you. And I went down to, to went back to my seat and I opened it up and I got 95 out of a hundred. And that was my class mark. And I kind of realized looking at my portfolio, like, damn, okay. I put in the work. He saw that I put in the work and you know, all this, it wasn't hazing. It was just, he knew how to push me. And that's why I think that's one of like the three teachers that I've had actually like four that I really enjoyed. And like, just really like top notch a one push the shit out of me. Even if he caught, like he would get in my head during class. Like we would be looking at David Hockney drawings and we'd be doing learning how to do cross hatching and like how to use uh, how to use ink. And I never, you know, went full in on the highlights. Like mine were very contrasted. Like I was scared to make like midtones. And I thought I could kind of like get away with it. And we're looking at David Hockney drawings where Hockney, who's in museums, is doing the same thing. And Joe read my fucking mind because I was sitting there looking at this slideshow. And Joe was just talking be like, here we have David Hockney. Look at these little studies. And, I, and like not even looking at me, still looking at the fucking drawings on the screen. Joe was talking and he just stop and be like, and Armando's probably thinking to himself like, huh. Like, he leaves white, why can't I? And the answer is, Armando, you're not David Hockney. Just in front of everyone, just like, okay, motherfucker. All right, it's on. And that was that was basically the beauty of our uh, of our entire relationship. And I, I still am in contact with him, and, we, you know, we were mutuals on social media. And he, he was someone that, you know, you luck out when you get a teacher like that. I think, you know, when it comes to art school and this question of if you should go to art school, if you find a teacher like this, like, you're going to learn. Like, you're definitely going to learn. And I got basically, you know, fast forward now to uni before, I, you know, I continue with the other classes and all that with Joe. Uh, he came to one of my art shows and I was doing portraiture. I haven't had a class with him for, I think, like three, four years at this point. And he came to the show. And I remember this was the time where I got my confidence. I was finally considering myself to be an artist. And I was at the show schmoozing, you know, being the little whore that I am. Being like, hey, how you doing? You know, had like my little glass of champagne. And I saw Joe walk into this crowded gallery. And like instinctively, like the hair stood on the back of my neck. And I looked at him. And I saw him and I was like, I can't, I can't even fo- focus on the conversations I was having. And he comes up. You know, we shake hands. He goes, Armando. I said, hey, Joe. He says, uh, where's your work? And I said, it's over there on that wall. So he kind of like, you know, schmoozes and like moves around. And like, you you know those conversations where you're trying to focus, but you know like something's happened on the side, but you don't want to be too obvious. And it was one of these moments where I saw him go up to my paintings. I had two portraits up. And he was he was doing his thing. I got like those like PTSD flashbacks from art school with him like looking like real fucking close. Like, not just looking from far, like, getting to the side, looking at the texture, looking how I rendered certain hand features. Like, I, I, I knew that, like, little Renaissance brain was fucking churning and, like, looking at everything. And then finally he, you know, he put his glasses, like, to, like, the tip of his nose. And he looks over at me and did, like, the little signal of, like, come hither, like, come here. And I just beeline, like, all that confidence I had before at the show, gone. Like, I bent, went back into student mode. And I went up to Joe and I said, Joe, hey, I said, like, what do you, uh, what do you think of the work? And he looked at me and he said, this is you. And I said, yes. He goes, this is honestly your work right now that is on the wall. You're telling me these two paintings you did, you did this work. 
I was like, yeah, yes, Joe, I did this work. And then he looked at it again, and there was a long, like, there was a 10-second pause, but it felt like a fucking hour. He looked at it, then looked at me, and extended his hand out. And he said, I don't see anything wrong with it. Congratulations on the paintings, and congratulations on the show. Enjoy the evening. And I think my soul, like, shit itself at that point. So, yeah, love love Joe. Uh, Joe, if you're listening to this, love you tons, man. Like, honestly, I can't thank you enough. So, anyways, rewinding it back to being in CJP, I had other classes that I didn't really enjoy. I, I'm happy that I tried them. Like, I'm not into printmaking. Like, I can't be bothered to, you know, do metalworking and soldering or understanding, like, how every, like, power tool works and, like, chisels and range of chisels and sanding and what exactly, like, a sandblaster is. I used it, but, like, wasn't my thing. Wasn't my thing. I don't think at any other point in my life I haven't had the urge to jump into a metal shop. Uh, but I, I am happy that I did it and I had that chance. I did get into, in CJAP, I did have my first... Uh, bout with censorship and this introduced me to one of my other favorite teachers because we did this project called The Intimate Distance and I think anyone who's from Montreal who's listening to this knows exactly which teacher I'm talking about and this project in particular because it's an interesting theme intimate distance and how you interpret it so we did a whole research thing you know we learned how to like work a sketchbook in terms of like like working an idea not just having one idea and be like I'm going to do it like actually like writing things down seeing where it can go and mine naturally landed somewhere in the realm of pornography and I remember making these collages like these kind of like pussy collages with like fishnets over them like these very like abstracted forms and Back at school, every faculty had, like, their own wing. So we had, like, the ground floor wing for fine arts. Upstairs, I think you had, like, illustration was over there. And then, like, on the third floor, you had graphic design, yada, yada, yada. Like, all these departments were, were had their own, like, designated spots in the school. It was a really big school. And I remember our my teacher, Shelly, who gave out this project, she called me in to speak to me. Because they went up on the hall, you know, she, you know, our work would go up and uh, my work was up on one wall and she came up to me and she says, hey, there's been a, there's an issue going on. And, you know, I sat with her and I said, well, what's the, what's the issue? And she said, well, you know, there are some students from another faculty who are, find it offensive or don't like the graphic imagery of your work and they want me to take it down. And I said, okay, are we going to take it down then? Like, what's what's the call here? Like, am I going to take, like, a, a penalty on my work? Like, are, you, are we going to take it off the wall? And she said, no, we're not going to take it off the wall. We're going to keep it on the wall. It was a graphic design student. And I was like, hell yeah, this is the first time I had, like, a teacher, like, ride for me in that sense and, like, for, like, controversy. I was like, hell yeah, Shelly. I was like, yeah, fuck those graphic design students not liking my fucking pussy collages go make some goddamn font go fucking jerk off to a goddamn texture pack on illustrator or whatever the fuck you guys are using they stay up and you know that gave me a real big boost in confidence knowing that not only could i have people behind me but also someone who understood what the work was and coming from i guess like from a teaching position someone who is in i guess the hierarchy at that point because i 
I didn't consider myself an artist for a long time. I still always consider myself an art student. So CJEP was great. You know, that's also where I rediscovered my love for painting. You know, I really got into that, learning how to stretch a canvas, how to work with acrylics. I didn't get into oil right away. There was a lot of acrylic painting. And that's also, like, to be very honest with you, art school, that whole group that I had, I think we were about, like, 60 students. But being there, I can tell you that was... That was my first moment being in, like, a real queer space, which is lovely, you know, coming from, like, such, like, an all-boys testosterone fiesta, sports-is-everything environment to then going to this did did wonders for me. I know I've, like, harked on about this for, like, tons of times in other podcasts, even this one, I think, in, like, my older, like, the older episodes of the last, like, four. I know I've probably mentioned it, but it, it, it truly did mesmerize me and help me become you know more of who I am today and plus you know if you're thinking of art school like outside of just you know the teachers you do learn from people around you like seeing like other different walks of life you know I came from a very privileged background and actually seeing like real world stuff like people who like you know are here because like they really want to be here or they're paying out of pocket some people who have a second job you know, people of all ages too. So if you're sitting there and you're wondering like, well, maybe I'm too old. Like, no, that's cool, man. Like we had older students. There was no issue. There was no moment of like making fun of people for their age. Like, I think you'll most likely make fun of the younger kids because we were dumb as shit. Like I was fucking dumb. But anyways, so when the time came after these two years to start going to uni, there was the one uni Concordia in, um, in Montreal, I was English speaking for fine arts. And uh, this was something that I never really noticed in the moment, but I did notice how it was a problem later on. Uh, so basically for applying to uni, now going from, because CJEP was very much a Quebec thing, so people only in that province would be going to CJEP. So now going to uni, you had to deal with applicants who were coming out of province. Also sometimes... Out of country who want to come to Concordia to study fine arts. So I remember the teachers like helping us, you know, explaining how to put a portfolio together, how to take proper images of your work, you know, like where, how to kind of place things, how to label things properly, how to kind of start formulating a letter of intent. It was very helpful. They helped us. and we, But we also didn't realize that half the teachers at CJEP were also the same teachers that were going to be at Concordia. They didn't tell us that one. So uh, I think I, I understand why they didn't want to tell us that, because I think we might think it would be too fucking easy to to, to get in. But um, they did say for the applicants, there was this I, I don't know if it was a teacher that said it, but it got out that Concordia, the fine arts programs will accept guys in priority as opposed to women, which was strange considering, you know, most of that department and most of the, like my my colleagues, my the other students there, were all were all women. Like I was in the minority uh, at this point, so I was really nervous. So I was sending in my thing like, oh, I hope I get accepted. But I also said in my head like, wait a minute, they accept guys first. Like I think I should be fine. Woo, you know that's going to be you know uh, that's like one less stress. But I didn't realize like now saying that you're like that's fucked up. Like I would rather want someone to get accepted based on the talents in their portfolio as opposed to their gender like that doesn't i hope it's changed now i I haven't heard anything else but also i've been in paris this whole time but like i truly hope that's changed now so 
I got accepted. Uh, we all we all did pretty much. I think everyone in fine arts got accepted to where they wanted to go, especially if you were staying in Montreal and wanted to go to Concordia. Um, we ended up going to fine arts, and this was where there was an interesting shift that happened. Because uh, going to Concordia, we had this two-year experience of CJEP. So meeting other students who were younger than us now, like not significantly younger, but like, you know, coming in from out of province who've never gone to a bar before and all that stuff and coming in to learn the same way like we were like those fresh-faced, you know, people like, I want to try my feelings. Like the earth without art is just eh mentality, you know, like that like fresh new car smell uh, when it comes to, you know, a first-year art student. I think we, we, it's not even I think, I know we had an advantage when we showed up there, the program and all that, I got into painting and drawing, so I was really specializing in that. Um, the The program was really easy because we kind of went backwards. Like, you know, we ended up going back to, like, basics for drawing. Like, I remember my first drawing class at CJEP was drawing a line on a blackboard and on a piece of paper and describing it, being like, what's this line like? Oh, it's a horizontal line. Like, well, what's this line like? Oh, that's a vertical line. What's this line like? That one has waves in it. Like, really, like, basics, basics, basics. So when we showed up, uh, we were all kind of ahead of the game, and I think faculty started to understand that, and I think they've changed the program now, where if you went to CJEP, you'd be automatically bumped up to the higher level uh, painting and drawing. Whatever classes you were taking, you were automatically bumped up. Because, uh, yeah, you kind of... I wouldn't say waste time. I took advantage of it to just, like, continue where I left off when I was in CJEP. But I can imagine it was intimidating to those first-year kids because you show up, let's say it's, you're new to Montreal, you see like a bit of the older students who are there, the cliques have already been kind of formed, we already know the teachers and we're kind of like high-fiving and have this close relationship and also like our skill level in comparison and understanding is just like a bit higher. So you feel like you missed out on something. Not fear of missing out, but you feel like, am I behind or anything like that? So that that... That's one thing I would say if you're considering going to art school. Don't take it personally and don't get intimidated by that. It's just how it was, especially if you're going to art school in Quebec. Now, uni kicked off on a wild note because I remember there was a sculpture class. Already, uni felt a bit e felt easier, not just because of, like, you know, the curriculum being what we already did, but we weren't allowed to take more than three studio classes uh, trimester, where back in CJEP, we already were taking seven so, like, our workload understanding, it was kind of frustrating. I remember a lot of, like, uh, students who graduated with me were arguing with Concordia faculty, saying, please give me another fucking studio class. Like, this is too easy. Like, honestly. Like, like people were just literally begging for work. But anyways, um, it did take off on a while, though, because it was that sculpture class. And in sculpture, the teacher said... I want you guys for the first week to go home and make 21 sculptures. And you're going to give it because there are 21 students in the class. So everyone leaves with a sculpture from someone else. So it was a good like icebreaker way to understand where people's creativity is at, what they're looking at, what they're, what they're interested in, why they made a certain thing. I think, you know, we all, we all came back with like little fucking things. And the, the wild story started because someone came in with cupcakes and the cupcakes, you know, when you took them, they were solid. They were very solid. And then we started, the, it opened up a discussion about, you know, could food 
be its own art form? Could it be considered fine art? You know, it is a sculpture. You have made something, but it also has the use of being, you know, edible or being nourishing. But then realizing that this cupcake was solid, we asked we asked the student, we said, well, what did you use? Why is it hard? Is it plaster? Like these chocolate cupcakes? Like, what is it? And she said, it's shit. And there was a long pause. <laughs> Sorry. There was a long pause. I remember the teacher being like, well, should we open it up for questions? And tons of questions were being asked here. Because, like, you know, we all realize, you know, all the students are realizing they're holding a baked shit cupcake. Because the student did, they said that they baked their shit in the oven to make these fucking cupcakes. And I think some of the questions that were asked also were, <laughs> like, how, how many days did it take for you to harvest your poop? Did you change your diet knowing that you were going to bake it or that you need to produce more to make 21? You know, it just, that was, you know, for me, art school at its finest. You know, you had people, you know, doing the whole, like, painting with menstrual fluid and you had the shit cupcakes. It's just, it's a, it's a wild, wacky place that has its stereotypes, which is just really funny. And if you want to watch a good movie about it, if you're interested... And just want to kind of have somebody distract you from like all the nonsensical streaming shit that's going on. Watch Art School Confidential. There, it is quite. It holds up. It holds up, and it's funny. It's a funny movie. I highly recommend it. But um, uni, yeah, uni for me was four years. Made my best friends there. Um, I was in painting and drawing. I did take ceramics as a as an elective class because you had to take a studio class that was outside your major. So I took ceramics the first year, which was a fucking, <sighs> it was a mistake for me, I think. Not, no, I'm not going to, okay, no, that's kind of harsh. I don't think it was the right choice. I did learn a lot, but like, man, you guys who do pottery and all that shit, you have such a workload. I think I was doing more work in ceramics than I was in painting and drawing combined. Like, I cannot tell you how this fucking course is so demanding in terms of like, you know, you and, and you have people riding on you. It's not just you. You can't just like get lazy because if you get lazy, the whole class can't work, meaning that you had groups who had to come in at like 7 a.m. I remember coming in at 7 a.m. You had to crack the kiln. So if there was a kiln that was there overnight, you had to crack it and not open it all the way. You had to leave it enough so like, you know, you, you can see the, the, the heat coming out. And that the pottery will not get destroyed because you had everyone's fucking projects in there. So you had to really be mindful. Then you had to load the kiln. You were in charge of loading the kiln for the day. Uh, There was another time where you were on schedule to mix clay. Because it didn't just come in the clay bags. We had those big bags with like the dried up fucking earth and dust and all that shit. So we had to buy the super duper breaking bad masks. And we had to go and mix the clay. So you're in groups of three or four. So you had to learn how to use all this machinery. Mix the clay that would be used for all the ceramic classes. And this was like first year. And uh, I I understood the assignment. But I also had a teacher that I clashed with. This was the first time I really clashed with a teacher from the get-go. Because I remember the first day, our first project was we had to make a box. And she was this older woman, 
And I remember she said, you have to make a box. That's the first project that we're going to be doing. You have a couple weeks. Make a box. And I said, I just simply raised my hand and I said, well, does it have to have a lid? And she said, no. She said, boxes have lids. Like, what are you talking about? I said, not necessarily. I said, a box I don't think needs to have a lid. I think it cannot have a lid, right? It could be lidless. It's still a box. And we got into this, like, really aggressive, like, not yelling, but, like, it was just, like, you could tell she was annoyed with me right off the bat. And I could tell, like, I was not making friends with her very quickly for asking this question. So she told me for next week, she said, well, if a box doesn't need a lid, find it in the dictionary and show it to me. Show me that a box doesn't need a lid. So I said, okay. And I remember going home and I found, I think, like, six definitions from six different dictionaries and sources that a box doesn't need a lid. So I printed them out and I came in and showed it to her. She wasn't happy. She 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 was not fucking happy with me <laughs> at all and did the whole thing of like looking at the class being like, well, apparently for your project, you don't need a lid. Thanks to Armando. I was like, it's not thanks to me. I said, thanks, Oxford fucking dictionary. Like the fuck? And yeah, this <laughs> this didn't let up. And that was my one class, I think, coming into university where like was not happy with it. Like, drawing was great, uh, painting class was great, all my other classes were all fucking great and grand, but this one I was like, god damn, this is gonna be rough. And it did get rougher. I remember getting pulled out of class, because during a presentation on 18th century plates, I was glancing at the school newspaper. Because remember, this is not uh, the time where, like, smartphones were really big. Like, people, I think, had, like, the new iPod. But, like, no one really had, like, what we got now. So, like, I wasn't on my phone. I was just, like, watching, you know, looking at these fucking antique roadshow dishware. And I was listening, but also I was glancing to see what was going on in the paper. I wanted to know what was happening around the fucking campus. And because I did that, I got pulled out and yelled at uh, because of the newspaper. And it was just, it was rocky. And it was rocky to the point where the midpoint of the year where we had a final critique, I did this piece about uh, about my childhood and shit that I went through where basically I went and I sculpted these big, massive clay things and I put them outside on the mountain, like deep into the woods in Montreal. And I left them there for about like two weeks, two, three weeks. And like I would document them with photos, but then I brought them back in. And I remember during that critique explaining this process and we were, we were always like at odds. And she said like, well, why did you bring the sculpture back in? And I said, well, I brought it back in because I felt like, I sincerely said this to her. I said, I felt you wouldn't believe me if I just came up here with photos. I said, I don't think you'd believe me. And I thought it would be interesting to bring it back and look at what happened. And then I explained, you know, like kind of trauma and a little bit, not dumping of trauma, but just like, hey, this is kind of representative of how I felt as a kid being left out in like the wild, basically. And I remember her comment was, this is a art school critique, Armando. This is not therapy, so I can't say anything about it. So we're going to move on. And like, just cut me short on that. But uh, I guess karma's a bitch. 
because she got into a skiing accident. I think she broke her leg, and then she was replaced by like the nicest teacher on the planet. Oh man, was it night and day! Like she was so sweet. She was like a cartoon character, like how sweet she was. But yeah, I finished um, finished ceramics, and then never took it again. Never took it again. Um, kept going. Uh, one thing about you know, I think what I miss about uni is that's where I kind of started getting my own independence and kind of fell into the category of students of like the regulars. Like I was a fixture at that school. Like I was constantly fucking there. Like I don't even know why I had an apartment. Okay, I need an apartment. But like honestly, like I me and my friends, there was this like there was this rule in the building. First of all, just to describe this building it was an abandoned parking lot that they converted into a fine art department. And now they demolished it and they built these high-rise condos over it. But we had these issues in this building because I think it was in like third year. We had these guys come in with hazmat suits, come in to check the walls for asbestos. And like the, the school wasn't really telling us much. Like we'd just be in the middle of painting and I'd see this guy come in. In a giant yellow fucking hazmat suit. And he'd be like having like this like little Geiger counter or something. That he was like running over certain walls. And then when it would beep. He'd just be like. Oh. And like really like leave the room quickly. And be like. That can't be good. We're just there. You know. Like no masks. Just hanging out. Like I was barefoot. I was like. Hmm. But they would just put up this little sign saying like. Please don't put any nails in this wall. Because there's asbestos in it. And you don't want it coming out. Fuck. <laughs> but um yeah that's the, an idea to give you of the the setting of where we were in this school um i do i did have a permanent studio set up with i think six or seven other people which was against the rules which was interesting because you know i think as i've been going on in this podcast i think you're noticing the pattern of like the early little grains of like question authority but this kind of naturally happen because the rules were you weren't allowed to have permanent setups like you had to set up and take it down and leave an easel for you know free in case uh you know someone wanted to come in on their own time and work so in one of the free studios i wouldn't say we hijacked all of it but like the majority of it we were always there so we left our stuff up because we were always fucking there i think i spent like 15 hours a day in the studio with these guys and um even the the lead I'm not going to say custodian. It was like the lead, not the maintenance guy, but like he, he was like the Swiss army knife of the fine art building. Like you had an issue with something, you want to know how equipment worked, anything, you go to him. And like he would also like enforce the rules a little bit. And like there was like this unspoken rule with that one studio in the corner that was like, oh, these guys are here all the time, like not going to bother them. And I think even the teachers understood it too. It got to a point with me, with painting, where I didn't even need to come to class anymore. Like, the teachers knew where to find me. Like, I would show up for the first, like, 15 minutes for a roll call, listen to, you know, like, what's on the like on the schedule for today. If there was a critique, I would be there. But if it was a day where we had to, like, work on a project or we'd start working on a project, I'd just go back to my regular studio spot and just work from there. And the teacher would come find me and give me a critique. It was fine. So that's where I kind of got this sense of of independence was there, you know. So if you're someone who's, you know, that's where that transition happens of art student where you get your own rhythm and then you start really getting into your own groove. And I had my own hours. Like I knew I got there, I think like around like 
one. And I would put the, pull the late night hours. There were times I would stay up super late and be completely out of my mind um, trying to finish a painting before a critique. I remember uh, the one thing that kept me alive that time was going to the petrol station right in front of the Bell Center, which was like around the corner from the school because it was open 24 hours. So I would rock up there at like 2, 3 in the morning, get Red Bull and like beef jerky, come back to the school I would then go and raid the theater department because they had like they they were hidden away. They were like there was no markings to where their like classrooms were, but I found them. They're like hidden. It was like fucking Narnia. But one thing that they had in their classes, those theater students, was fucking beanbags. They had the best goddamn seats. Like us, we had these like rickety old like chairs from the fifties. Like you probably need a tetanus shot with the fucking asbestos coming out from the walls. But I would go in there in the middle of the night. Because I was like one of the only people there. I would be there with a mate who would also stay uh, late to work when we had critiques. And we'd just go and take the beanbags and that's where I'd go do my power naps. I would just like set an alarm and just take a good like 20 minute power nap before going back to paint. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I really did feel I came into my own uh, during this time. And yeah, so apart from the ceramics teacher, I did have another... uh, I would say conflict with a painting teacher. Him and I did not get along. He was supposed to be teaching a portrait class and I really couldn't handle it because we never even looked at a face like once. It didn't make any fucking sense to me. And I felt it wasn't fair to some of the students who were, uh, who signed up for that class. So I made a self portrait just to annoy him. Or it was like me playing a little side, like small violin for him. But, um, anyways, that's a, that's another story. I mean, he was annoyed. He was super pissed. I called him out in front of the whole class. I had half the class that was annoyed with me. I had another class that was like, good on you. I remember he called me in for a critique uh, for my final grade, and I was supposed to get an A, and he gave me a B because he had to remove 10 points from my attitude because he couldn't give me that. And I said, that's fair. I said, that's fair play. I'll take that. And then we never saw each other again. So, um, yeah. That was that was one that was another one. I think for every year for three years out of the four that I was in Concordia, I had a conflict with one teacher. So the first year was ceramics, second year was the painting teacher, and then the third year it, we had this class called Art X. So Art X is basically anything you want. That's the whole, like, thing. Like, I know I was more into, like, realist painting and, like, really focusing in on portraiture and, like, trying to really understand, like, how to paint how I do now. But I had this interest into the chaotic side of things with Art X, where basically, like, they would give you a project and you do whatever the fuck you want. And the first time I was in it, I had a really wonderful teacher. And I learned a lot, you know, learning about more about performance art, you know, about art that happens in the street, the temporary effect of art, how it can be something that's also recorded and combined with other things. It was it was really good. I really loved that first um that first year. But the second year we had this teacher who like I, for the love of God, like I don't know what it is where I get bad luck with this shit, but I we we clashed cuz I remember her first project was the fuck what was it called? You had these glass display cases in one of the newer buildings on campus. It a vitrine, a fucking vitrine. Jesus Christ, Armando, get your words together. A vitrine. So she said that, all right, so each student will get the vitrine every week, and we're going to assign them. 
So one week it's one student, another week it's another student. Da, 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 da. So everyone had like plenty of time to plan, and I was up first. She said, I'm giving you the vitrine up first. It's kind of challenging. You only have a week to like come up with something to fill up this vitrine. Like do something, and we're going to do a little critique just on just on you. So I, I this was my third year, and I always wondered how you got like this prestige level to like be on display in the vitrines of the school. Like I thought it was like, you know, you had to be like the trophy student and yada, yada, yada. But then I found out it was just this fucking project that you just kind of dished out. So I went to the uh, Goodwill. I bought this like old grandma blanket textile thing and I just painted on it. Uh, what I painted on it, I wrote, uh, I've been at Concordia for three years and all I got was this lousy display case. I framed it and I put it in the vitrine and it stayed there for for the week. And yeah, we had to do a critique on it. She wasn't, uh, she thought it was funny, but I th- could see also she was like, okay, like I think, I don't know, she took it like personally that I was like challenging the school a little bit, like maybe more her. But the real time that like it really, like I got I got annoyed with her was when I said I wasn't going to be in class because I potentially had a solo show in New York. That show never came through. It was a whole drama thing. I'll explain that in another episode of, like, I think I'll, like, have an episode of, like, All My L's. I think that would be a fun episode to do. Because, you know, I say, like, all everyone likes to post about their wins. I'm going to have a whole episode about all my fucking L's in the industry. So I told her, I said, like, hey, I have this solo show in New York I won't be here for this one class. And it wasn't a critique. It was just a regular fucking class. And I just told her. I could have just like not showed up because I was always in every class. Like I never missed a day ever while I was in university because I was a fucking nerd. But um, yeah, I remember telling her I have this solo show. And she then turned to the whole class and said, well, Armada's not going to be here next week because someone has a solo show in New York. Look at you. And I was like, okay why okay and she was like i guess oh you're really important now i was like don't think so but i just told you one to one that i'm not going to be in this fucking class sorry and you know i think that's kind of where it was rubbed the wrong way and then as we kept going and through that class um it was a tension like we stayed more out of each other's way it wasn't as bad as the other ones but um yeah when you go to art school you can get some shit teachers. I did meet another teacher who was a wonderful one who ended up being a mentor for me in my last year because you can take an independent painting class where you don't have to show up to class. You just work. But you need the sign-off on the teacher to be your mentor. And this was Lee. He was a wonderful painter. I loved his advice. I loved how he understood everything about painting almost and can look at something very sorry, very objectively in the sense where it's like there's no prejudice like he doesn't put his taste in the way of looking at your work which I find is really important especially when you're looking to find like a good painting teacher or a good class in general for whatever medium you're working in and we got along like super fucking well like super well he was another one that challenged me for when I did my big portrait that big green self-portrait of mine it was him who saw me working on it. He came in and like, he would just like, he was super casual. He would just sit next to me. I remember like I would sneak in um, cases of beer 
into the studio for everyone that was like working out late. We just have some beers, and I remember having a beer. I had it like I was moving it when he was coming in, and he was like, "Yeah, I know you have beer. Don't worry about it. Like, just sit down and like look at your painting together." So I remember sitting there with him, and I wasn't sure on the background. And he looked at me and he said, "Well, you have like I had this this wash. Like I didn't put a solid color. I had this weird wash. I was in like a wash phase of like I want everything to drip. It's drippy and moody like me because I'm a moody little edge lord. Like that was my thing for the first while. I had to shake it. And Lee sat there and looked at it because I did the rest of like the self portrait. I knew where I was going with it. And I said, Lee, I I, I think I'm like done with the background. And he looked at me and he said. Okay. He's like, you could be done with the background and be like every other art student, or you can work that background and be Armando Caba. The choice is yours. And he got up and left. He got up and left to go give another critique. And I remember just sitting there. And that's where I made that, you know, that solid green background you've seen repeated again in my work. If you go look at my portfolios, that's where I got confident with the matte backgrounds. And I know that sounds super pretentious right now that I've said it. I don't know why I'm having a flash of just sounding like, and that's why the color red. Blah, 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 blah. But anyways, that's where that green that I have comes from. That came from there, and I'm very grateful for it. And yeah, we he was my mentor in fourth year because after I did everything, I needed to work. Uh, I decided to take one, no, two classes in my last year to finish my credits. I took the independent, so I was always working. He knew he could come check on me anytime. Usually it was every three weeks, so I had my own project lineups. I would do just portraits. Told him he was A-OK. And then I took an abstract painting class just for the hell of it, just to see just to see what the fuck you guys were talking about. But I do, I do love that period of my life. Like, I really did enjoy it. I had, you know, a lot of privilege knowing that, like, my rent was paid and that I could just focus on my studies. Like, I was very lucky that I can actually go there and work from, you know, 1 p.m. and stay there till fucking 24 hours, even 48 hours at some points. Sure, I'd be dead tired, and but but anyways, I knew I could go home and I would just sleep. I didn't have to work a second job like most people do, and there's nothing wrong with that. I was just very lucky to do that, and I, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful, and I wish, you know... I wish other people, you know, could have had that experience that I had to just focus on your work and just push it as far as you can fucking go and maybe make some shit cupcakes. Definitely make some shit cupcakes. I'm trying to think, was there anything else that like people did like that was fucking weird? Well, there were, but I think like looking back at it now, I think I just got so like used to it for whatever reason, just being around it the whole time. Just like, oh yeah, someone's like, you know, I guess going to puke on a canvas today. Like, makes sense. Oh, someone made a video project where they're butt naked with other men, like, wrestling each other over, like, an actual pig's head. Like, right on. Like, doesn't phase me anymore. So if you're someone who's been listening and you're kind of on the fence about going to an art school, yes, there's a lot of pretentious horseshit. There's tons of pretentious horseshit in fine arts. I mean, I I dealt with all of it. There was a lot of classes like I fucking hated. I hated being in a theory class where I had to write fucking 17 pages about why a painting is is red. Like, literally, a flat painting. And, like, yeah, I know there's that whole thing like, oh, modern art sucks. I understand it now. I can respect it more. But, you know, I just wanted to paint. You know, and I get that. And I get that with some people who just want to do the work and paint. But it does help to have that guidance. It does help to know your art history. 
because there were some people in there who didn't know art history and had no idea what the fuck they were referencing. I still see that on TikTok, honestly. Just people, like, there's some artists there on TikTok. Some of you guys have not had your asses destroyed in a critique, and it fucking shows. So, from whatever, for whatever it's worth coming from me, if you have the opportunity and the chance to go to an art school, do it. Go to go to one. I mean, um, the academy I want to keep out, but I think you kind of understand now piecing this part of my life and then jumping from all this independence and work in this like world to something very rigid. You, you kind of understand like why I was kind of doomed to fail. I mean, even my teachers, the ones that I spoke about that I named, they all had a betting pool that I was going to quit. Like, honestly, like I came back after six months and I remember Lee looking at me and he's like, I knew you weren't going to stay. Joe said the same thing. He's like, I, I knew it too. Like, I gave you six months. Another teacher gave you like nine, which was very generous. But yeah, we knew you were not going to do the year easy. Like, we knew you were like, it was going to make you snap and do your own thing. So, you can meet some wonderful people there. There are some wonderful artists that I still know that I worked with that I had the privilege of working alongside that came out of that school. And I think the same is said for everyone who goes to any other art school. You make some awesome friendships, man. And, like, you do learn from the people you're working next to. Like, I picked up certain things from other people. I don't know if anyone picked anything up from me at that time. But I, for sure, learned a lot from watching others, learned how to speak about my art, learned how to write about my art, and learned how to look at art properly and acknowledge that there's other stuff that's there. Because if you're one of those people who's running around saying, like, you know, hey, I didn't go to art school. Check out my portfolio. Not to be rude with you here. But it's not the flex you think it is. Like, I get it. You could probably have some decent skill. You're making some nice things that probably slap on social media. But if you have the chance, go. That's 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 what I say. Go. If you can go, go. And would I go do a master's, honestly? No. I think I've hit my wall. I don't know, like, right now, especially with all the shit that I do, you know, versus censorship and where I'm at and what I want to work on. I don't think it would do me any good going to do a master's program i'd probably lose my fucking mind i think the only place that i looked at to do a master's program would probably be like the royal academy of art but then i get like i i get stir crazy and probably like lose my mind in london i can't go to london because well, well i i want to go to london because i know i have all my friends there but i can't live in london because i have too much fun i have just too much fun so that's this episode i hope you enjoyed this little rant about art school and my time there maybe it's giving you some insight on what you want to do in the future maybe you know someone who wants to do something with it or maybe you just want to know like a little bit more about me you know like i said these are kind of like diary entries for me i'm kind of just feeding you my lore in audio format and it's fun it's fun to look back and talk about it and say it out loud and share this with people so if you get a chance you know make sure you're following the podcast on instagram it's the world of podcast Give me a review, five stars preferably. Hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. It, it just helps me. It helps people find this podcast. I, I like doing this. You know, um, Go check out the art show if you want to see me paint. And you haven't seen me paint, go check me out on Pornhub. We start a new season, season six, Double Penetration. It's hot and sexy. And you can find my personal page. It's at Armando Cabo. If you have anything you know, or questions regarding art school, or maybe, you know, something in specific that I didn't answer or, you know, touch on. Or maybe you want more clarity on something that I said this episode. Send me an email. Worldupodcast at gmail.com. Just shoot me an email. I'll get to you. 
So thank you again for listening. I hope whatever day or time it is you're listening to this, hope you have a good one. I love you lots. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.